Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we're talking with Christina George, a divorce financial professional in New Hampshire. Thanks for joining us today, Christina. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. So um, uh, as a divorce financial professional, what does that mean you do? Hmm. It means I do anything financially related to the divorce settlement or process. Yeah. And, and, and so how do you do that? What role do you take in that process? Tim, do you mean specifically in the collaborative process or what does my day look like in all of the divorce processes that I work in? Yes, I think the latter part. We'll get into collaborative here in just a little bit, but uh, tell us kind of what you do uh, in in different types of divorce situations. Gladly. There are several different ways to get divorced, as you know, and so there are often times when I'm an advocate for one party or the other. And I'm working very closely with the family law attorneys to provide them with reports and projections to bolster their negotiations. I also do expert witness testimony. And in the other uh, ways to get divorced, I do mediation and work as a collaborative financial neutral which means I'm not advocating for one party or the other, but I'm really providing financial education and guidance. And both of the the parties are my client. Uh, So um, tell us about your background, uh, your, uh, how did, and how did you get to this point? My background is uh, I'm a recovering CPA. I love to talk about taxes, but I don't put the numbers in boxes anymore. So as I was moving along in my public accounting career, I was working with high net worth individuals and um, doing some some really fun, interesting tax planning. And every time someone would find out that I was a CPA, they would say, how do I put my kids through college? How do I retire? And I would think that's not at all what I'm doing. I'm cranking out tax returns. And so slowly I jumped over to the other side of the fence and began financial planning. And I started at North Star Financial Planning about 12 or 13 years ago, where I can use my tax skills, but I don't have that tidal wave of tax season. I don't make tax returns anymore. So all that to say, when I became uh, a single mom, my my kiddos were little. I was, they were one and three and I was a practicing CPA and I had a litigated divorce that lasted a long time and was really quite difficult to recover from. And then I learned about collaborative law and I learned that there is a better way to uncouple a family and make financial decisions during this really difficult life event. And it just fit, you know, if I can, you know, help people during a really difficult time of their life, make good financial decisions for themselves. This is what I'm meant to do. So, so when you're in the collaborative process and you serve that role as a neutral, um, how do you go about your work 
when when you in a sense are are representing both sides or working for both sides you choose your words very carefully you make sure that there's not even the impression of aligning with one party or the other which takes training and practice no doubt um, and and for that the mediation training is really phenomenal to to give you that but I'll tell you, a lot of um, financial advisors are really used to working with couples. And so we're used to, you know, having one voice be louder than the other in, in, in um, you know, our regular financial planning engagements. And so I uh, compile the information for the attorneys. So first, the collaborative is a cost savings in that we're compiling financial information one time instead of ping-ponging it back and forth, you know, between the attorney's office. Then I'm talking with the clients before the negotiations start, and I'm asking them their goals, and I'm reading their temperature about their financial acumen. You know, very often there's one party who's taken the lead on the finances and the other has, you know, uh, allowed that or given up the responsibility. So there's a lot of financial education in the process. And then I'm creating reports and summaries and I'm circulating those things to the team so that the parties can make um, their, their negotiations meaningful. And everybody is working at the highest and best by the time we get to that team meeting. So then the, uh, one of the things in in collaborative that I, I hear that you all as the financial folks do is oftentimes um, preparing budgets for both sides to be working with and considering for their post-divorce life. Uh, talk about that for a little bit of how you do that and, and uh, what the advantages are of sort of beginning to see that financial picture. Hmm. I think that that's a difficult thing to ask of folks when everything feels upside down and likely one person is leaving the house. And so, while we think of our budget just chugging along, right? You know, when we're living in our house and everything is, is going along, if everything is changing, it feels really unfair to say, what does your next place look like? How much are you going to spend? Things like that. But really going through in a, in a gentle way, those exercises, those questions starts to get them thinking about what the next phase of their life is going to look like and certainly what their resources will afford them to do. And so I think that conversation involves a lot of patience because it's really hard to look beyond today in some cases, particularly if, if you didn't want the divorce or didn't know it was coming. There's a lot of fear and uncertainty during this process. So I think really just respecting that and, and doing a lot of visioning can help a client see their way to that this is temporary and, and better days will be coming. I've heard it said that financial fear is probably the the biggest cloud hanging over a couple in their divorce, and that uh, that that you, as the financial professionals, sort of hold the the magic key to getting past that fear. Have, have you experienced it in the sense of 
of that what you do helps people to begin to to breathe a little bit and see that uh, what that future might look like? I do think that's true. And and when you say that, it, it feels like it's heavy work, right? But it is valuable in that a lot of the work that I do particularly is saying, if you agree to this in five years or 10 years, it looks like that. Can you live with this settlement, right? And so it, it gets them to look beyond the argument today, right? What are we, are we fussing about, you know, the China or, you know, and, and really put things in perspective about what their future life is going to look like. So I do a lot of long-term planning, particularly with the folks that, you know, we're calling gray divorce now. If you're at the gate of retirement and you're having this significant life event, it, it's more, it's almost more retirement planning along with the settlement planning, right? There's a lot of fear about what the future looks like financially and otherwise. Is that the most common question that you get is, is, is just that, that uh, fear related question? Am I going to be okay? Or what's the most common question you hear? Can I afford the house? How long can I afford the house? Yes. And will I be okay? Yep, absolutely. Even if clients have significant wealth, they always want to know what does that translate into annually so that I don't run out of money? Or can I, can I complete my goals? Can I educate my children? Things like that, right? So I think translating their, their questions into you know, tangible, um, tangible amounts, really showing them in a very succinct way without charts and graphs and overwhelming bits of detail. I think really does add value to the process and it and it quells their fears about that so that they can make good decisions for themselves with the with the aid of their wise counsel, right? So to you, the name of this podcast, the Respectful Divorce Podcast, what does it mean to divorce with respect? I am encouraged by the number of clients that I've worked with who want the best for their family and the best for the other spouse. And years ago, when I divorced, we just litigated. We didn't know any better. And even in the financial services, I did, we lawyered up, we went to court for four days. And by sharing that, my experience is that it's very difficult to be respectful and co-parent after an experience like that. And, and I am encouraged and I do love the collaborative process because it's a better way to, um, to go through this really traumatic event. When we know better, we do better. And, and I love that all of the professionals that I've worked with certainly have really the best collaborative heart. Really, we want the best for the family and we believe in this process and know it's better. And so I think the professionals set the tone, right? We're going to be respectful. We're not uh, going to withhold information. We're going to put everything out on the table and we're going to brainstorm. 
And so some of the clients, I think, are a little bit surprised about what this process looks and feels like. It's not acrimonious. And it can be emotional. We're used to emotion and we can handle that. Um, but I do think it's such a much better result for the entire family. And and then when the divorce is over, what is that benefit that that those restructured families see? Well, I've watched them discuss the future children's expenses, activities, partnering um, with the um, mental health professional who often does the parenting plan. All of these decisions are very well thought out. And so I think that the clients do have a good roadmap going forward about future decisions. And we're bringing up during our meetings uh, things that they wouldn't have thought of. The clients wouldn't have thought of. And so what I see is a, is a well thought out plan to move forward. So, Christina, if uh, people wanted to get more information about you, about collaborative divorce and, uh, and other options, how can they reach you? I am a partner at North Star Financial Planning. I'm in Wyndham, New Hampshire. And so northstarfp.com, certainly. But the Collaborative Law Alliance of New Hampshire and the IACP website is the best way to get information about the collaborative process and, and how that might apply to your situation. And we'll put in the notes links to uh, the Collaborative Divorce New Hampshire uh, website and IACP as well. So that'll be in the show notes. Uh, Christine, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Tim. Pleasure to be here. And thank you for joining us for the Respectful Divorce Podcast. This reminder that Divorce with Respect Week is March 6th through 10th. For more information, go to divorcewithrespectweek.com. This is Tim Crouch reminding you that collaborative divorce is a better way to untie the knot.